The church I grew up at had three services every Sunday morning. And if you would have attended back then and had visited the nine o'clock service, it's most likely that during the service, you would have heard a long, deep, continuous humming sound throughout. It almost sounded like the buzz you might hear from an old furnace when it's about to give out. But the weird thing is that this sound only happened during congregational singing. Like during the offering or during prayers or during the sermon, it would go away. But then once the organist started playing and the congregation started singing again, it would come back. That sound, that buzzing sound. And I remember watching people who are brand new to our church kind of looking around, wondering where that sound was coming from, where that noise was coming from. Well, that noise was actually coming from a member of our church. His name was Tony, and he was a young man in his 20s. He was probably one of the friendliest people you'd ever meet. He had a smile on his face, it seemed like, all the time. And he loved his Lord and Savior, Jesus. He had a strong faith. But here's something else about Tony. Tony had Down syndrome. And the thing is, that disease affected a lot of aspects of his life. One of the ways it affected him was his singing. Um, He couldn't sing notes Uh, He couldn't really put words to music. Um, He couldn't do a lot of things like change keys and all that, you know, normal singers might do. But what Tony did know how to do was praise. In fact, Tony was amazing at raising his praise. But here's how he did it. He just picked one note and he made a sound, monotone, a buzzing sound, a humming sound for every single verse of every single song. Tony truly did know how to praise. And today, with the little bit of time that I have with you for this devotion, I want to talk to you a little bit about praise. And maybe as we get going, one of the best things we could do is just uh, define what I mean by praise. Here's a definition for you. Praise is the act of declaring the greatness and glory of God. Praise is the act of declaring the greatness and the glory of God. And if you're anything like me, when you hear the word praise, you probably first think about that singing that we do together at church on Saturday night or Sunday morning with other Christians. And like I said, that's what I think about as well. But there's this verse in the Psalms that kind of expands my thoughts on praise as being a much bigger thing. In Psalm 146, it says this, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord with all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. You see, praise is much bigger than just singing at church. The Bible defines praise as giving glory to God in all ways and in all aspects of our lives. When we declare God's greatness to someone that we know, we're praising God. 
when in our prayers we take time to articulate how awesome God is and why he's worthy of our worship and our prayers, we're praising God. When we prioritize our schedules and our lives around the glory of God and giving glory to him, we are praising God. It's kind of awesome and liberating, especially for someone who doesn't sing so well like me, to think that I can praise God with every moment and every day of my life. But today, for this little devotion, what I really want to focus in on is that one unique way that we praise God with our singing whether accompanied by a band or an organ or whatever instrument it might be, that there's this unique way that we can praise God with singing. You know, Tony did a great job at it, filled with excitement and joy and exuberance, energy, every single 9 o'clock service on Sunday, every week. I have to admit that there are weeks where I don't quite have that same joy that Tony did, maybe not the same energy. And um, maybe you can relate to that as well. And I want to talk about that for a little bit. I want to focus in on some words from David that really direct us as to where praise comes from and in that way to help all of us, just like Tony, (laughs) to, in a way, raise our praise. Here's the first thing I want you to remember. That praise has less to do with an awesome life, and it has more to do with an awesome God. That praise has less to do with having this awesome, perfect life that now we're so thankful for, and it has more to do with having an awesome, praiseworthy God that walks with us every step of the way. We're going to turn to some words from a king in the Old Testament. His name is David. And David wasn't just a king. Um, He also happened to be a pretty awesome musician and also a songwriter. In fact, we have a good number of the songs that he wrote recorded for us in the Bible. Uh, They're called Psalms. And we're going to turn to one of those Psalms. It's Psalm 63. Here's what verse 1 says. David writes, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. First of all, do you notice any emotion in David's words as he thinks about praise? I mean, it's all over the place. Uh, he, he talks about first how he earnestly, longingly seeks to be with God. He, he talks about how his whole body thirsts for God, like how your body feels when um, you just really need a cold drink of water. He, he says that his whole being longs for God, that he can't live or exist without God. Notice that as David writes about praise, He doesn't focus on the blessings in his life, necessarily. Where's his focus? Where's his heart? He focuses in on God. Verse 2, 
I have seen you in the sanctuary, David writes, and beheld your power and your glory. I have seen you in the sanctuary. Uh, I have to admit that having online worship has certainly been a huge blessing for all of us. I'm not exactly sure what we would have done during COVID without it. Maybe Matt and I would have had to uh, mail you our sermons in print or something like that without the internet. But if you're anything like me, you've also noticed that it's not quite the same as being together with a couple hundred other Christians. And most importantly, with God. David again writes in verse 2 about how he has seen God in the sanctuary. He's writing about church. He's writing about the power and the encouragement and the strength that comes by gathering in a place like church with other Christians singing praises and singing songs of praise and glory to the Lord. And this next verse is so key. And here's why. Because David clearly explains why his lips are filled with praise. It's not because he has a full 401k. It's not because of his Galilean lake house. It's not because he had a huge palace or because his chariot was better than everyone else's. It wasn't even because he had amazing grandkids. Listen to verse 3. He says, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Do you know where true, deep, unchangeable praise comes from? As I said before, it has less to do with an awesome life and has more to do with an awesome God. And the thing about God that is the most amazing and truly the most awesome is his love for us. In fact, if we could choose between having the perfect little life for 70 or 80 years or having the love of God throughout that life, and not just that, but into eternity? Well, the love of God is far greater than this life. And that's what motivated David. The knowledge that the creator of the universe loves him, walks with him even through the valley of the shadow of death, will never leave him, will always guide him. Give me the best the world has to offer, and I will still choose the love of God over that. His love is better than the best. It's better than the biggest. It's better than the prettiest or the fastest or the wonderfulestest. <laughs> His love is greater than life. And here's something else about his love. God's love is so unbelievable because it's also so unlikely. David understood that, you see. David was a man who walked after the Lord's heart. Um, but he also was a man who had some pretty horrific sins in his life. Probably the most famous was also probably his greatest. 
he uh, committed adultery with another man's wife. And then instead of coming clean to God and to that man, he ended up trying to cover it up by having that man, who happened to be one of his best and most faithful soldiers, he had that man essentially murdered on the battlefield. And yet, as the prophet Nathan came to David and pointed out his sin, David repented. He turned to God for forgiveness. And God's love was like a healing salve as he announced to David that his sins were forgiven. God's love is so unbelievable because it is also so unlikely. And I have to admit, when I look at my own life, um, the fact that God would love me is unlikely as well. When you look at my track record of um, what or how I prioritize things, um, the days that I live for me and my glory instead of God and his glory, it would be unlikely that God would love me. And yet, whether it's me or whether it's you who's listening to this or watching it, when we see Jesus die in our place, here's the thing. God no longer sees my imperfection. He sees his son's perfection. It says that we've been wrapped with Christ's holiness like like a robe of righteousness. And so because of Jesus... God's love for a sinner like me or like you or like David might still be unlikely, but it is absolutely true. Have you ever seen out on the lake one of those big inflatable pillows? I think uh, on Google they call it inflatable blob. Let me explain it in case that doesn't make any sense to you. It's this big inflatable pillow, and what happens is uh, a person either sits or lays on one end of it, and then there's like a platform on the other end, and someone jumps off the platform onto one end of the pillow, and what happens to the guy or the gal sitting on the other side? It kind of launches them into the air. If you really want to have fun, have two or three people jump off the platform and see what happens to the person on the other end as they kind of get catapulted into the air. You see, there's a response that happens. Someone jumps here. The response is someone gets launched over there. You know, when Jesus came into this world, when he lived, when he died, And then when we came to faith through the Holy Spirit, it's as if Jesus' love kind of jumped right smack dab into the middle of our lives in a good, good way. And when something that big, that important enters our lives, there is absolutely going to be or needs to be a response. That's praise. Praise is the act of declaring the greatness and glory of God. It's a response to the love of God in our lives. 
It's shown in a life lived for Him. It's heard in singing, even sometimes when it's not so easy. Listen to verse 4. David writes, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Some of you are probably have wondered over the years, where did that whole hand-raising thing come from? <laughs> well, I can't definitely say 100% that David started it. I don't think he started it, but he sure was one of the people. He would raise his hands, he says, in praise. That posture of raising hands uh, declares two things. You raise your hands in victory. You raise your hands in surrender. And both are true when we recognize the love of God and when we have an opportunity to join our voices with a band at church and in singing and in praise. So you don't always feel like Tony from the church that I grew up in. I don't always feel that way either. But here's what I do know. That we can praise God through that. And in fact, let me put it this way. Don't allow your problems to shape your praise. Use your praise to shape your problems. I'm going to say that again. Don't allow your problems to shape or influence or affect your praise. Use your praise to shape and affect your problems. You see, praise, when the focus is on God's love, and we have a chance to sing, it it can almost work as a weapon against sin and the devil and the world that would want to drag us down and to get us down. Not every Sunday morning do I feel like singing loudly and boldly. But when I focus my heart on the words, and when I focus my heart and mind on God's love, which is better than life, it's amazing that as I give God praise, He gives me strength. As I give God worship, He gives my heart peace. Jesus has made a huge difference in our lives. And our reaction can be one of amazing praise and worship. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for changing our lives. Without you, the future would not be so good. But because of Jesus, because of your love, because of grace, you've changed everything. Dear Lord, in those moments where I'm focused too much on circumstance and not enough on you, change the focus of my heart. Remind me that in all situations and in every circumstance, I am eternally blessed because of your love and because of your son Jesus. It's in his name we pray all of this. Amen.